Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we've cooked up some Navarro nummies. That's right. They're those blue wafered cookies that you mm. saw in The Mandalorian. Uh, my name is Matt, and today I am joined by Navarro Nummy Nick. <laughs> Were they actually called nummies, or are you just making that up? Ah, that's what I've seen out okay. there as an as a term i i saw one word that said official but i was like i don't know that sounds sketch but uh we're, we're rolling with it for right now so they just look like macaroons to me i was like oh they are some type of macaroon that yeah is, that is correct so um so today we're, we're talking about the mandalorian chapter 13 12 12 sorry 12. Yep. i'm getting i'm getting my chapters made. i'm so excited about 13 i'm just like <laughs> move <laughs> Well, the, the, the siege was a good episode, though. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I really kind of had low expectations because I thought, what has Carl Weathers really ever directed? You know, <laughs> it's like so he could have completely fallen on his face, but it, it actually was a pretty good episode. Aside from, aside from an arm, you know. Okay, I was like, did he? Yeah. Um. So if if anybody has hasn't seen the news though about this episode, um, and you're listening to this, and and we're the ones first to catch you up on it. You should you should definitely look at uh, what do we call this person? Star Wars Gene Gene guy, Gene guy, yeah. Gene, yeah. Um, the jeans though are not thing that it's the green shirt and the watch is what my eye catches, not the jeans, but whatever. It's amazing that the green shirt though isn't all like CGI with some weird graphic. It's just, exactly it's green shirt, watch, jeans, and you just see a corner of them. Uh, the memes are great. I love them. Um, maybe, maybe it takes away from some actual jokes that happen in this episode. Um, my initial take on it was okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think also with the heiress, like it just, it, it just felt more like a movie to me. Whereas this felt more of like a, a TV show episode. I could see that. Yeah. Like, and even, even I think the first episode we, we you know, it, it felt kind of more like a full meal movie, mm-hmm. you know, so it had that star Wars feel where, um, the, the, the siege to me just, you know, and I mean, right now on IMDB and, and by no means am, am I using this as a guide for it. It's just, it's a thermometer that I look at, but it is, it is rocking an 8.6, mm-hmm. um, higher than the passenger, which, um, I I actually liked better than this. Oh really? Okay. Because yeah. to me, the passenger is the weakest so far. Of I mean, it had some good action to it, but yeah. to me, it was the weakest of all the episodes. But of the four, I'm uh, I'm trying I'm trying not to be such a Debbie Downer about this episode because there are some really cool things that happen in this episode and and some things that I do like. Um, let's let's just let's just break it apart, shall sure. we? Sure. Unless you had some other s- surprise Star Wars news that you wanted to lay down. Is there any? <laughs> no. Chris is not here tonight. So for those that thought that he might be just magically being quiet. So, but no, he's not here. Okay. Um, well, we open up with the, uh, the razor crest limping through space. And, uh, and we see baby Yoda is in a little crawl space behind the cockpit, trying to fix some, something that's probably short circuiting. And to me, this, and a, a lot of people too, thought this was very much a baby Groot type moment. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's kind of like, you know, with the bomb with the buttons and uh, yeah. uh, volume two, 
Yeah. Like, don't. Uh, what did I just tell you? <laughs> you know, and I mean, it was cute. I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was a. You know, it's actually showing that you know Baby Yoda's maturing enough to at least understand some things and do some things on his own now. Uh, but he's trying to re. Uh, rewire you know the blue and the and the red and all this and then was trying to short it out that was my only thought was because he wanted to put the red on the blue yeah oh i mean i i thought maybe just maybe when they were fixing it maybe the uh calamarians had uh you know done it wrong or something and he's like oh you just need to switch it you know you switch the wires over or something like that but then he you know Uh, yeah don't put them together of course course together um yeah, a funny way to, to kind of open it, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't mind it too much. No, I mean, so. I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah, you didn't like a lot of the episodes. You don't get a lot from this episode, um, mm-hmm. but there's, there's some nice little scenes in it, and there's a couple of Easter eggs that some people can pick up here and there. They're like, oh, that's cool. You know, I felt you know, character wise, we saw a big moment though where we actually see him lifting up his his helmet too. I know I'm jumping. Yeah, yeah, uh, but no, I agree. I I, I kind of thought that was an interesting scene as well. Um, but go ahead. You can, you can talk about it. Um, well, just the, the fact that I felt like character wise, like, you know, like just thinking about his, who he is as a Mandalorian through the season, I'm always kind of looking at these like little beats. Cause I feel like it provides like a little signpost of like, okay, he's thinking about his religious, religious fanatical ways, you know, or maybe how he was brought up and he's thinking, Okay, maybe I maybe I can bend the rules a little bit, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. I can I can do this. How else is he gonna eat? Don't right. look at me, kid. <laughs> well, I guess he just always ate in solitude before now. Maybe, but it's just like you know, like I did like this because it, it did show him kind of bending a little bit, even though he didn't fully remove it. It's just enough to get the chin so he can eat his soup. But I also like that Baby Yoda even noticing this and kind of looking up at him like, "What's underneath there?" Like, you know, like, yeah, like it's just very subtle, but you can see him. He's actually really curious about like, "Oh, look." Uh, so, I, and I, I was actually that was a question I had last week too. Uh, you know, did we think that he would eventually break his creed on that? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like now the other ones take it off. Maybe I should too. Maybe I could too. Because yeah, there's only a handful of people that really believe that extreme notion. So. And we, well, and yeah, um, and and maybe he he just makes it like okay, Baby Yoda is in his family unit, so therefore he can take it off in front of his family. Um, I, I will say if, if you want to see a lot of grown, grown men cry, just show us a scene where baby Yoda is nuzzling up against his face because like, Oh, right. You know, he has to bring him back to life or something like that. Like seriously, like, like a forehead to forehead moment or something. Yeah, yeah. Like just something where he's like, you know, you know that he's dead, you know, he has the healing power and, and you see that face to face moment. Cause yeah. He, I mean, what, what more? You know, it's probably going to just be his head to the to the helmet. But I'm telling you, though, you take off that helmet and you see the face and, and everything. Like, forget about it. It's like it might as well be. Oh, the waterworks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, after you know, basically this kind of like setup with uh, with Baby Yoda and the the, the cables. Um, I think the next scene is is with the marshal. Mm-hmm. The the, uh, the culvert um, is basically kind of being a hideout, or it's being ransacked. Um, yeah, well, you notice that the the Mandalorian crest is completely gone, but you can see the outline of where it was. Yeah, the, the mythosaur. Um, yes, um, and we get to this aqualish 
thing, mm-hmm. which I think one of the trivia things that I read about it got really detailed about all of these different Aqualish. I was like, who knew? Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, people get upset about politics in, in Star Wars, but the depth of what this was about Aqualish, I was like, wow. That's <laughs> that's that's some intensity there. Um, so, and then we, we are introduced to this creature, which we think is going to be killed. And mm-hmm. immediately... My wife is like, seriously, again with something gruesome. <laughs> She's like, why can't we have anything nice? Um, and I'm like, just wait. You know, there's going to be a Disney princess show up. Yeah, for real. Rescue the, the animal. Yeah, like, uh, and I, I just, I, I wrote down a ferret-like creature because that's the only thing you could really kind of look like. You know, because it, it kind of looked like a fox a little bit in the face, but it had that slender body with the tail that looks like a ferret. I was like, so I, what I, what I've read is a lava meerkat meerkat. Okay. So, um, I guess that's the, I like the red eyes. Um, looks, looks a little puppety, mm-hmm. you know, at times more so than, than having kind of, I think, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to quibble about that. Um, maybe the jeans guy, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm okay. I can look past the the ferret, <laughs> the ferret effects, or the meerkat. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's just a nice way to introduce you know that Cara Dune is the new marshal in town. You know, and yeah, and she's taking care of you know business. Yeah, taking she's TCB man. Mm-hmm. She doesn't mess around. Uh, no, I just kept thinking though of of like just different you know, fan artwork of her being a Disney princess with these like Bob and meerkats all around her. <laughs> you know on the shoulders, like a whole on army. Shoulders, like falling. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, this, this basically this little incident and, and them having this moment um, leads up to the title, which we get is the siege. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really a siege no. yeah I mean it's weird to be critical about these titles but when they're one word you you do like kind of weigh a lot on on them I mean how cool the heiress was sorry I'm, I'm still thinking about last week's episode but um, <laughs> you know I mean the mystique of that and then to go to the siege it, it's just like the blunt force the the place the factory yeah, like, I mean, I think it probably would have been like the lab. Where the lab. Like, yeah, that would probably would have been a more appropriate title. It would. You know? It would have definitely like been very tantalizing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the lava meerkat. The lava meerkat. <laughs> yeah, it would have really thrown some people for a loop. Like what? <laughs> the jeans guy. The jeans. <laughs> He's like the, the where's Waldo. Uh, That's about, exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, real quick. Disney Plus. This is definitely like, you know, when this broke, you know, and, and you and I messaged and I was like, oh, I'm sure it's not as bad as like the cup in Game of Thrones. Oh, I was so wrong. <laughs> I was so, so wrong. <laughs> but like, I didn't notice it in my first viewing because, you know, you're, you're more paying attention to them firing mm-hmm. at the two guys to really look at it. But on the second viewing, oh. Like, oh, yeah, there he is. I was like, you just see it, you know. On the second viewing, you're like, Man, I think Will Will Row Hood got like less screen time than this guy. Like, like it's a it's a clo- I don't I don't know what they clock it at, but um, that was my thought. Yeah. But to me, like I noticed that the cup on Game of Thrones immediately because like how do you not miss a Starbucks c- coffee cup just sitting there on the table? You're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like it's right there. But 
Okay, so your Disney Plus, all of this hoopla around it, do you just fix it and then do a re-release like where you just kind of like, you I know, don't know, you do an up- update and it's just out there? Like, I'd probably just leave it. You know, like sometimes I like those weird things, like you know, the stormtrooper hitting his head. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, eh. And this is going to be, a, you know, once we do get a Star Wars celebration or any kind of fan convention, the possibilities, like, you know, somebody's already working on this. Like, I can oh, make no, no. this, you know, like, yeah. you know, this is a Halloween costume <laughs> um, in the making. Um, so, yeah, um, Disney Plus probably should fix that. One thing that they should fix, and I'm so annoyed by this, it never used to do this, but it has been recently. The title sequence comes up and it's like, skip, skip intro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this intro is three seconds long. It takes right. me longer to find the button to, to, to hit skip. And now you've just ruined a perfectly visual aesthetic with your skip feature. It's, it's so, it's so obnoxious. Ralph was complaining about that too. <laughs> I'm with Ralph on this. Like <laughs> we, we might be divided on our love of the sequel trilogy movies, which one we think is superior. But we can all agree that the skip intro feature is just bogus. Yeah. I mean, for something that short, it's like, I still watch all the intros and the everything. It's like, eh, it's fine. It's part of it. Yeah. What I get for people that maybe are binging. It's like, eh, I just watched the episode. I don't need to see that. You know, Mm. whatever. Have patience, people. But uh, yeah, so we see the uh, the Razor Crest touching down. And it's still rickety, it's kind of shaking. You're mm-hmm. expecting it to collapse once again, but it doesn't. And then we have Grief Karga and and Kara uh, waiting to meet Mando. And I felt that uh, Kara was a little overselling her happiness with Mando being there. She is ear to ear cheese for this entire scene when they're re- reunion. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, and I don't think that she like if if you would have told her, I don't know. Um, you know, no, no judge. I'm not judging anything going on with the actress at this point. <laughs> We're just going to keep that out of it. But um, wouldn't you say like, okay, the ship is rickety. Are you going to have a big smile on your face? Like, wow. Oh no, you're going to be concerned. Like, Oh, you're going to be like, Whoa, what happened? <laughs> so I think that was like something that, you know, I'm not sure exactly the writing or like the way that they shot it when they shot some of the stuff. Um, so, I, <laughs> I just want to get to, to problem number uno, Mucho. And I know I just murdered that. <laughs> How fast it took them to fix this ship. For real. For real. Like that's yeah. This that, is this is my like, biggest complaint. Of the entire episode. Yeah. I, I can get I can deal with Gene's guy. Don't yeah. like whatever. It's like he literally landed the thing. He walks into the bar slash school, then meets the blue guy, <laughs> then they go off on the mission. I mean, so what, maybe three, four hours have passed and the whole ship is back to brand new. Back to brand new. Like you cannot get that fishing net off of those, those things in that amount of time. I've, you, you and I, we've actually worked on, on cars at some point in our lives, right? Removing stuff, putting stuff on the amount of damage on this vehicle. And, and I got to say that not only was I upset about the plot being disrupted by this, like inconceivable you know magic that they did like two guys two guys three hours okay but then it took something that i was cherishing i was enjoying watching i was enjoying watching this ship just get worse 
There was a part of me that was like, I wanted to see it limp into battle against Moff Gideon, like like, (laughs) still with that, like, you know, shaking apart, like, oh, I'm going to get you, you know, like, like, (laughs) right. That's my kind of Star Wars. I'm like, what what did you do? You went and prequelized this whole episode. Anyway. Well, I mean, in, in, in the other one that's not as bad as like the, the miracle ship fixing is that when they're explaining the mission to Mando, she brings up a, another map of the planet, the same as they did on Tatooine. Yeah. And you see like, oh, we're here on this side of the planet. And then on this side of the planet is the base. And mm-hmm. somehow they get there on a speeder like that, yeah, you know, right. and then they get back on another speeder like that. It's like, it's as if it was only like a few miles down the road. It's like, well, so either a, the planet is extremely small or, right. or they just have no concept of distance. <laughs> yeah. And I was confused by that map too, because you know, they show the green section, but then there's like this red dot down here. So then I'm like, yeah. okay, or do you have, is the red dot on the edge of the green? good zone or was it on the other side of the planet like you said i felt it was on the other side but i I couldn't quite understand that that portion either but uh you're right it it, it does there's there's some we'll just say that it's not as airtight as what mando's ship is now (laughs) right (laughs) um okay things think on to the things that we like though um (laughs) mando's back in navarro um ready to get down to business. Um, basically he's, he's striking up a deal. Hey, can you fix my ship? Mm-hmm. I need us some repairs. Um, we didn't establish why he was going to Navarro. Um, except for the fact that he had this conversation with the baby. Right. Say, hey, or the child, like, Hey, this, you know, we're gonna have to, yeah, we're not gonna make it. The, yeah. ship's, the ship's just too flimsy. We got to land in Navarro, see some old friends. You know, and you know, it was you know it was a nice cute little scene. You know, he's like, uh, "How's my credit here?" <laughs> you know, I think we can work out something. Yeah, and uh, and of course, you know, when you see the two guys go fix it, uh, my first thought when I saw the Mimbin turn around was like, "Oh, oh, he gave him a look." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but then I also thought, well, maybe he's just looking at the ship, going, "What a piece of junk!" <laughs> you know, like, and like, you you want me to fix this? Yeah, yeah, but, it, but yeah, I just okay, yeah, I'm I'm. The the Mimbin we should also mention is part as uh, a creature or character that was created for Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is the first book novel post original Star Wars that that Star Wars fans have ever you know basically gotten. So, um, and then so, in, so anyway, interesting that it was brought into this episode, and also might explain why the author has been in the press recently saying, "Hey, Disney." You owe, me some, you owe me some money a so, bit. but by the way like you know star wars is a big enough universe lucasfilm is is, is a large enough business that it seems like yeah if you're using you know it, it also depends on the contract though that was signed like well that's that well that's that's the thing is from what I, I was actually just reading this like an hour ago oh um, okay it's that what he's saying is that Disney is all fine. They know they have not paid him. He's like, and they're ready to pay him, but that he needs to come in and then like redo the contract. Cause it's now it's with oh. Disney. And the thing is, is though, is that in, in all these situations, you know, usually you do your contract negotiations. And then after you settle on something, then you sign a non-disclosure agreement, you know, to say like, Oh no, this is, this is stays between us and the company. But what Disney is wanting to do is for him to sign a non-disclosure agreement before the contract. 
Oh. So it's one of those types of situations where it's like, well, if I get in there and it's a really crappy deal and they're trying to screw me out of my money, but I've already signed this non-disclosure agreement, I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. So that's what his case is. He's saying like, I'm not signing anything until you know they're going in an opposite direction. I see. Know? Yeah. Well, I, I hope that um, he gets what's coming to him. You know. So. Um, but yeah, the, the, the back to the Minmen though. Like uh, mm-hmm. we did, we have seen the Minmen once before in Solo, I believe. Okay. So. Um. So yeah, um, this this whole interaction. Um, and and also, you know, this is the first time that I think we see the Mandalorian with his guard down. Mm. Like, and maybe maybe it's just because he's being greeted by old friends that he's just like he's just not thinking right. as far as like, hey, you know. Well, by the end of this episode, he also learns that he is still being hunted. So at this point, he doesn't maybe realize that he's still being hunted, which is, seems odd. Well, I think he felt at ease as well, not just because it was old friends, but you see that as soon as he they leave where he landed, that mm-hmm. the city is completely different than yeah. when he left it. You know, so he is more at ease because he had like, like one of the first things he does is like, wow, things have changed here or something like that. And then Grief Cargo, you know, gives all the credit to Kara. I was like, well, you know, you know, leave it to, her, to our marshal. She's clearly right. cleaned up the town. And, you know, I've just been doing clerical work this entire time. Uh, so... I think that's another reason why he's just more of at ease. Like he he doesn't feel like he has to watch his back. Like someone's just going to shoot him, you know, like he did before. Um, can we get to the school? Well, sure. That's what, that's what the next thing. Oh, can we get, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and we, we talked about this as well. Uh, something that you don't notice really on the first viewing. Uh, actually what I noticed in this scene when they get to the school Mm -hmm. is it's the same facade as, uh, another one we saw, this season. Uh, oh yes. When they're going to the, of course it's, this is in the daytime. So it's tan, but to me, it looked like the exact same building as the, the bounce, uh, the fight scene, you know, the, the, in the oh, first episode, because okay. like the wall there to the left has that same writing and then yeah. like the doors there. So they just kind of re reuse a set, you know, from mm. an earlier episode, but then made it a desert, you know, environment versus like a, a city metal looking thing. I was like, Oh, that's, that's what I noticed. But then if you look to the off the left side, you see a statue of, uh, IG 11. Yeah. yeah. Which is really neat. Cause I don't know if you've gone back and looked at it yet, but you know, he's standing there like with a staff and his legs up, yeah. you know, almost like a captain Morgan stance, you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, but it's neat. Cause like, I guess they've chosen to honor him because he gave his life to, you know, rid the empire. Yeah. Uh, of the, the city. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he came in, you know, guns blazing on the, you know, mm, that is true. So. Yeah. Um, well, good for him. And, um, and maybe you know he stands as a as a protector saint of the school. So because maybe yeah, you know like the idea that like you know the idea of education, the fact that like kids can congregate means that this city like people feel safe enough to like have their families there. You know, right? Like you know, I mean that's a um, so you know so good on them <laughs> for having a school. And we get a big information dump here, which we is do cool. Yeah, you know because we really haven't gotten. Even even though they're just kind of background little tidbits, but um, but some of the stuff that the uh, protocol droid is saying here, right? And that's what like you should always people out there, you should always have a closed captioning on when you watch the Mandalorian because you will pick up on so much stuff that's happening in the background, like what's saying. Because yeah, like this basically it's a geography lesson being taught uh, to these kids by this protocol droid like C three PO, and then she's teaching them at first, you know, about which uh, trade routes are throughout the galaxy. So you hear, you know, clear. Uh, Calyrian run and you see the uh, 
Why am I just being uh, the Hyde, Hydean? Hyde, Hydean, Hyde. yeah, the Hydean way, yeah. But what's, what was more interesting to me is like uh, when they talk about you hear her later because you're more pay attention to cute baby Yoda, like just eyeing those macaroons. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, you know you hear the Progo droid talk about like the old capital. I mean the capital of the old Republic was in the core on Coruscant. He goes, however, the capital of the new Republic is on uh, Chandrilla, which is also near the core. And you're like, oh, like so they're confirming you know, like these things that we're going to see in the sequel series and like how the new Republic is forming and like, but they do like you hear same way times talk about like, you know, we're currently in the outer core, but there's also the inner core and the uh, unknown region. Yeah. And like you hear say all the little sections with there was, the there was a, a couple of other things too, like the expansion uh, region, which right. was interesting. I think that's, I don't remember seeing that or, or reading about the expansion region um, specifically. So there's, uh, a section called Colonies Core, Deep Core, which I thought was interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that like, even for just the casual viewer, you know, you, she's saying the word core several times, like, mm-hmm. you know, how interesting would that be if like that, that comes to play? Like, um, well, there's only a few planets in the deep core because it's just too hot. Like from my yeah. understanding, at least my memory of reading the old mm-hmm. essential knowledge of Star Wars, which is no longer canon, but like, you know, the, the deep core is like just a huge cluster of stars. Yeah, and it's hard to navigate through it. And I think there's only like two or three planets that are within the deep core. Hmm. That's that's cool. Um, the um, yeah, um, I, I I like this whole this whole scene, and also the fact that we we do get the Baby Yoda stuff. But it's it's funny because yeah, you have to have the closed caption on, on to hear what the protocol, protocol droid is saying. Um, and. I don't even think I over I got to even read this, so I'm not sure where this is coming from. But the other trade routes are Rima trade route, the Pel Pelamean trade route, the Carillion trade spine, um, uh, and then we've also mentioned the Hydran way, and then the uh, Carillion run. So, um, so interesting stuff there. Um, I was trying to think of there's something else that. Yeah, there's the cute macaroons thing. <laughs> Baby Yoda, this is a you know another time that we see Baby Yoda using the Force. We haven't seen that happen mm-hmm. that much. Of course, he's going to use it for food. Of course, like this this kid is growing like crazy. <laughs> like, well, I, I just like that he's more alert and more you know he's not just a lump of cells now. Like he actually is expressing himself, and mm-hmm. you know you're hearing him coo. You know, so so it always says it's either chuckles or coos. You know. Like, yeah, uh, I like what he's doing on the closed captioning, but you hear him like you know, kind of like trying to express himself to the kid, like, ah, ah, you know, because <laughs> like no, <laughs> which is a word he definitely knows, uh, yeah. and and so yeah, he just reaches out the force because I mean, heck, I mean, why would you? I mean, he has little arms, he has to get it somehow, uh, and just pulls it. I, I thought it was cute though because you know he pulls the whole sleeve and like he just it's like it's mine, and you think the kid would be like a normal kid to be like. You know that's mine, and like take it back from the desk. Well, but. this is a, this is another timing thing. Um, clearly, the kid's going to say something to somebody, but before Baby Yoda can get in trouble, <laughs> they're already back. The ship's done. Right. <laughs> like, like, anyway, I mean, seriously, if I was a kid and some other kid, alien, green dog-looking creature, yeah, my macaroons. You know how expensive the macaroons are. Come on. Seriously, I think I think you can buy buy some already uh, online, and uh, they're they're top notch. So, um, all right. So, um, so yeah, he just trusts the school, I guess, because he trusts Cara Dune, um, and they've got a job. 
that they yeah. need, need his help on. So um, if they knew that he could just fly down the lava vent tube, maybe he could have just done that to begin with. It was clearly exposed. I mean, yeah. He, like, he flies out of it, so he could have flown down in it. Exactly. And not had to go through the whole base. Could have taken a, just a quick little scout, fly over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, there's the lava. I'll just drop some bombs in there. We're good to go. Boom. Peace out. Peace out. You know, <laughs> see your cloning factory later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we would have never gotten that that little bit of information dump. Um, oh, um, we, we forgot to mention, like, they, they start to head over to... Uh, where the mithril is. Yeah, uh, this was the oh. I thought you were just making an offhand comment, and then we're going to get back to it anyway. No, no, <laughs> I was just kind of thinking through the episode in my mind. So you've you've got the notes though. Um, and this, yeah, I, I this was one of those moments where I just had to let go as as a as a fan of, of the show <laughs> when you want certain things to go your way, and you're like, oh, I wrote it better in my head, and you guys are just wasting a good character. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed with the Mithril this episode. I mean, it clearly was the comic relief uh, for this episode. But yeah, like they they go into what I assume is the the, the town clerk hall or the town hall, you know, of uh, of this place. And uh, grief explains that you know Mithril was used to do his books, which they did give a little bit of backstory, like here, you know, that Mithril did uh, grief's books, and all of a sudden one day he decided to basically rob grief Karga. And that's why he had the bounty on him because <laughs> he, you assume he put the bounty on him for robbing him, you know? Yeah. But then, then we're getting into this weird gray area of like a slaver's debt. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, like, one, I thought grief, you're kind of at the long end of the tooth anyway, and you got 350 years of debt. Like you're going to die away before that. <laughs> but, uh, and then I also thought grief cargo is not a good negotiator at all. No, you know, he just constantly keeps knocking off years of debt for no reason. Yeah. You know? You're arguing with me. Fine. Have yeah. another 30. Yeah. Years. Oh, you're showing out. Okay, cool. Like, I mean, if I would have been, if once he did it, like, Oh, how about a hundred years off? I'd be like, how about 200 years off? Like, you know, like a, if we're negotiating, come on. But, yeah. Based on his name alone, I'm assuming that grief Karga will, will just basically like, you know, you really, you really messed up big time. I had to put another hundred years back on your debt to me. <laughs> Right. Like he's just always kind of just keeping him like in this uh, kind of weird slave life debt. So um, don't do that to people that you love, especially if they're blue aliens. I did like this. This oh, you were probably going to say it. No, no, so, it's fine. Like, go ahead, go ahead. He's on the phone. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, New Republic, I got these. This guy here. <laughs> There's, it's not registered, but I'm pretty sure it belongs to. Oh, there he is." <laughs> <laughs> Um, is this how he excretes himself? That's what I wondered too. Is like, is that supposed to be like him, like peeing his pants or is it some kind of pheromone? That, like, yeah, exactly. Like showing that he's scared or he farted or what? I don't know what it was. They clearly leave the room. They don't stay. No, yeah. no, they do stay in that room. Cause, a little bit. cause that's yeah. Cause this was the other thing that I was like, Oh, you're just going to talk about your plans openly. Like the mithril is just in for it. And I feel like the only upside is, is that I feel like, whenever we come back to Navarro, um, you know, I feel like he's always going to be part of the new, mm-hmm. you know, group or whatever, you know, it's like the monkeys. They just keep. <laughs> the monkey. Oh, they I just keep coming around. Gotcha. Just, coming around. I just like, I'm just, I always throwing out some random band. Um, how about the stones? Okay. There's like five of them and you can lose track of them when they die. 
So, <clears throat> but yeah, like here's also like I, I sometimes I felt this episode had a little too many uh, other references to the movies, you know, and this was, yeah, this was one of the first ones where he's like, I don't want to be in carbon anymore. I can I still can't even see out of my left eye. And I'm like, I get it. Ha ha. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, and there's other ones too that kind of happen in it where I'm just kind of like, okay, you're kind of hitting us over the head with the, uh, you, you know, the old quotes or the old references. Well, they, they definitely did it in the last uh, episode with the old quote and they did it again this time with a, mm-hmm. another stormtrooper quote. I exactly. Had, I had it written down, but I felt like there were like two that happened in this one. Yeah. Like the one that, the one that you really notice is, all right, man, load your weapons. And then uh, there they are blast them, which is from uh, the hangar bay in Tatooine and the new hope. Uh, well, then there's the third one. Cause then you have the, we think they may be moving to the right. And then they, yeah, they get shot. Right. So like a little goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know, it's just like once every now and then it's like, and I feel, I feel like as a fan that, you know, we went through the nineties, you know, we found that like, if, if the references were too heavy in some of the stories or, or things came on too strong, it was just like, Whoa, pump the brakes on your references. You know, like you gotta, I don't know. I just, I, I don't like it when it gets too tongue in cheek, like, right. That's, that's what I'm trying to say too. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Like, you know, one, cool i get it i caught that but then yeah when they when you're just constantly re uh reusing old dialogue it's just yeah. kind of like oh okay you know a little a little salt <clears throat> goes goes a long way like you know too much salt it's just like oh like all i can taste is the salt right right so. yeah exactly i mean and then like right after that uh, we, we see them actually in the speeder going to the base and it's not exactly luke speeder but we right. assume it's that we assume it's a few generations later version of that same speeder because it has four inches instead of three. It's not brown, you know, or red like Luke's was. It's it's uh, a dark metal metallic, but it's Camouflage. still yeah, it's still kind of yeah, right for the lava area. But it's still the same type of speeder. So you're just like, oh, okay. I mean, that doesn't bother me too much. But it's like, okay, you know, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, uh. Like I was saying, like Greece's not really a good <laughs> negotiator because he's like, oh, like how far do you want me to take you? Uh, all the way to the door. Well, what if I don't want to go to the door? It's like, well, how's 100 years off? Okay. And, you know, and then, like, once they get there, he's like, okay, I'm going to head out. How's 30 more years sound? I was like, you know, like, it's just like, wow, like you're just giving them out like peanuts. Yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. that wasn't too much. I guess he's just too kind of a, a slave owner now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, I did think though it was pretty neat little scene, you know, like uh, you know them trying to shortcut the door, and then Mando just flies up this jetpack, you know, and knocks out a couple of stormtroopers, and then you see this uh, uh, Trexler Marauder troop transport, which I think we've seen once before. Yeah, um, and um, not only did we see it in, um, you know, on the Mandalorian, but you know, on, on Rebels, and hmm. you know, they've 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 definitely brought this. Um, based on the old Kenner design, so mm-hmm. and I think I felt I felt that was a little bit of a nod as well when um, the Mithril says that like uh, it's mint, like, yeah, it's mint. You know what you can get for this in the black market? You know because it's like very much a Kenner type joke of like yeah. you know like it's a toy, yeah, uh, it's in the box, yeah, it's still in the box exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, then it opens up. They get into their first room, and we see uh, about eight to twelve speeder bikes. Which I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" You know, it, it's cool. But this was kind of where, 
like because and and I love the trailers. Like you know the trailers, you got to have the trailers. But I felt like because I saw them in the scene, hmm. and I knew, oh well, there's the crawl. You know, there's the the transport, and there's the you know like X plus Z equals. They're gonna go off of this cliff. <laughs> right. You right. know, like like tick tock. When's that gonna happen? So it was a little bit where I felt like the action was already kind of like shown to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was my other, like just slight disappointment with the episode is just cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm expecting this to happen now. Oh, right. You know, they, like, they gave, they gave away all the, the good. Bits, yeah. Like they, they, sh- they showed me the hand already. And then, then in that scene, they like literally show me like the hand before it like is revealed, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I was kind of like, ah, oh. But you know, fine. It's Star Wars. I'm I'm moving on. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> like we're getting yeah. live action Star Wars. What, what yeah. more? Well, it's interesting. Like I, there was one uh, line I thought was interesting because before they went there, Kara had said it's just it's going to be a skeleton crew. And then, yeah. but when the Mando gets up there on the land, he's like, I "Thought you said it was going to be abandoned or like no troops." And I was like, "Well, she did say skeleton crew, which that also was not true because there was a lot of stormtroopers there, really." But I did think, oh, well, they only have one officer, though, because if you get to, when they get to the control room, it's just that one lieutenant <clears throat> there. Um, I did like, though, that they took his uh, his cold cylinder, though, because mm-hmm. we'd only seen this in the cartoons before. You know, that, that is right. Yeah, um, it's establishing something that they'll probably pay off l- later too. I feel like in the season, you know, just to like like some of this we already know as as watchers of, of Rebels, let's say, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, we got to catch all of the, the normies up to speed on like, exactly <laughs> the rules of, you know, what's, what's going to happen to people that, that haven't seen all of that stuff. And that's fine. You know, I, I hope that, that uh, at least there's a, there's a payoff that goes even beyond this episode with it, you know, showing us kind of like some of that, that Imperial tech, mm-hmm. the, um, um, I, I I think one aspect of, though of that whole conversation, and, and maybe maybe it was written to be this way, and perhaps it wasn't directed to be this way. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that much. Um, is that I think it's supposed to harken back to when, like he he basically convinces Cara Dune to go on this mission. Like, ah, it's just a squad of people. Like, it's not a lot. But then, oh right, oh no, it's a lot. And you know, and they're their backs are against the wall. And she's like, I thought you thought it was, it was just a squad. So it's kind of like a little bit of that. Like I thought you, you know, it's right. I think it, I think the beat would have played better if perhaps that was maybe known to the, the actors or they were actually like trying to pull for that. But again, I'm not trying to nitpick this. I can see that, but I, I did not think of that either until you just said that make that does make sense though of you know of the last episode of the first season of like that whole like oh yeah it's just a few of them like that's not a few you know yeah I mean again maybe was this the directoral choice I don't know mm-hmm. um, was it the writer's intention that wasn't conveyed who knows you know but I think it was right there like as far as like a, a callback mm-hmm. so. Um, because he, he is, he's giving, he's doing kind of her a favor now, like to fight the empire, you know, when that wasn't her thing, she'd given that up really. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we see at least for her character arc that she's slowly being pulled back to the rebellion. Yeah. A part of me thinks that she won't though. I mean, she might eventually embrace it 
uh, you know, this is later in the episode, but because I, you know, she says I'm not a joiner, and I think that there's uh, there's definitely a, some part of history with her that happened after the actual civil war was over. And then when the new Republic became more of a police state, you know, and that she did not want to be that. Yeah. And I, I think that she just enjoys the, she enjoys the fight. She enjoys the struggle, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to actually be the person that imposes uh, any kind of cruelty on people, you know, uh, even though she is the marshal now, but it's a, a, probably a different thing. Cause you can see like when he laid the badge down that she's kind of looked yeah. at it and didn't really care about it. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll see. We'll see with what happens with her. Um, I think one one other thing that we'll see is what is going to happen after this commercial oh, break. Okay. Um, that was that was a good one. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so since we're back and we're talking about uh, Cara Dune and her character arc and and perhaps like seeing seeing some other signs of you know who she is, um, the uh, you know. I don't know. I mean, I, I could just see it playing out at some point, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, um, we see a, a, a bit of that softening. Um, okay. So they're at this base They're They've got to get from a to B to like make the, the lava reactor. Like they're going to sh- shut down essentially like some heat shields, right. For the, the reactor or something. No, like. they're reversing. They're basically taking away the coolant coolant. That's right. Thanks. Yeah. There was some sciencey thing that they had to do, which yeah. basically sets up a callback to a Family Guy joke. He says, "Like, shouldn't there be a railing here?" Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, that, yeah. That's another. That's another a New Hope reference. Is that you know the the command or control panel is the same mm-hmm. thing as the tractor beam panel on the Death Star. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay. I mean, that was fine. That, that didn't bother me too much, but I was like, okay, we're getting, we're still kind of hitting us over the head with the familiarity a little mm-hmm. bit where I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. Well, and perhaps we can just say that like some of this stuff was made around the same time because yeah, the other things that we get revealed while they're in this, probably the most exciting thing about being in this space, let's face it. Like, the, the battle between the stormtroopers while they're in the base, it just felt like it was too easy, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways, um, which is fine. Like we're, we're establishing the weakness of the stormtroopers and, and perhaps the, the next level stormtroopers are introduced at the end yeah. or at least teased. Yeah. So um, I don't know, like the, that that part where where we we see or we're revealed like essentially the whole cloning aspect okay. and we see the the uh their outfits um even later on uh when we see the dark trooper um mm. kind of thing like some of those art outfits and and the the symbols relate back to like some some old empire stuff too oh yeah so i feel that there's like well, they're basically wearing the same color uniforms as the death star uh right people but the the insignias on the uniforms are different which is cool in a very lostian kind of way like oh yeah like that's your patch and you're like still part of the same team because you're at this level of a scientist like right you know but uh you have you know the the cloner patch so Mm -hmm. i just thought that was cool and of all things this whole sequence feels the most lostian Mm. you know like like we we get the we get the the video message from the doctor, right? 
Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. You know, like, and we're we're learning about a base, a secret base that, like, you know, can it connects to other things in in the whole vast empire. You know, um, and even the like the 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 ending. You know, mm-hmm. like, dun, 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 you know, it, it just all it's missing is uh, Giacchino's soundtrack. <laughs> he already did it for Rogue One. Yeah, you know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's get to the, clo- the, the cloning room. Like, uh, sure. there, were some, there were some things in here that I thought were neat. I mean, I liked, you know, when they first come in, you see the two scientists there, and they're like, oh, destroy it, destroy the destroy the records. You know, they want to keep it from Imperial Secrets, from them learning it. Uh, and then they notice this creature floating in the tank, uh, which I assume is a back to tank. Uh, but we don't really quite see what it is, other than it's just something that's, that was living in there. Um, and... I was hoping it was just going to be like a super soldier or maybe something like that. But in the background, you can hear a faint Snoke theme uh, oh. being played. So I don't want to believe it's Snoke because I kind of want to keep it, keep the Mandalorian away from the sequel trilogy as much as possible, as much as possible. <laughs> but uh, you kind of want to think maybe it is a, uh, like an early version of Snoke or a uh, clone. So much in the same way that we'll say the Clone Wars cartoon made me appreciate and find a lot to, you know, endear about the prequel trilogy. Perhaps the Mandalorian will do the same with the sequel trilogy as it kind of like connects to it in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to warm your heart like a Grinch over here at Christmas time, but you know, just think about that in, in terms of like perhaps the way that it kind of expands out and connects to other things. Like it, it might help enrich. Nothing will ever help that. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I'm kind of on the the Snoke the Snoke element here, and since you you mentioned the the music though from the sequel trilogy being introduced, apparently the uh, Cara Dune when she is introduced or first seen, like they have a little bit of the March of the Resistance. There's hmm. a variation of the March of the Resistance. Um, that is played. So that's kind of cool that they're, that, you know, that seed is being planted, like perhaps, you know, that connection to, yeah, yeah, resistance. So, or what, what will become the resistance. So, um, going to the, going to the thorn in the side of the prequel trilogy, they didn't quite say the word, but they hinted at it and they said M count (laughs) when referring to, uh, the donor, they said the child, you know, had the highest M count that we've seen, you know, which they mean midichlorians, mm-hmm. which is one of those controversial things with, especially a lot of the original trilogy fans, because, you know, me and as probably as well as you growing up, you kind of wanted to believe that anyone could be a Jedi. Anyone could be a Sith, not that they wanted to be a Sith, but like you, because it was just like, Oh, you just have to learn about the force in order to use, oh, yeah, you know, totally. the force. I mean, like, I mean, I think that's the, always been the appeal of of the Luke Skywalker, you know, archetype of the the farm boy going out into the adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's the hero's journey, right? You know, even Ray is that you know embodies a bit of that hero's journey, like you know somebody that's coming from nothing that dreams or feels something larger is pulling them, and they they you know go off on this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and meet all of these these strange elements and arise a new hero at the end of it so yeah the midichlorian thing doesn't really bother me though i yeah. I, I learned to just accept it you know it's yeah. fact now 
but mm-hmm. it's one of those where it's like, ah, I'm just, I'm just kind of glad they just kind of said M count. They didn't really get into it. It's like, oh, okay. It's an M level, but, but or, I, I've been wrong before in okay. my, my recollection. So, uh, and then, yeah, but the, basically he said, you know, everything that they had done, it failed. Uh, this is from Dr. Pershing, everybody, uh, through the video and, uh, that they would require more of the child's blood, uh, in order to continue with their research. Uh, and then it's revealed that it's uh, he's talking to Moff Gideon. Uh, he's like, "Oh, Moff Gideon's dead. We took care of that, right?" You know, and it's like, "Wah wah wah." Now this was three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> and the next message says he's on his way here. Oh, does it? No. Oh, oh, I was gonna say, I did the- he's like <laughs> going through. He's like, "Oh, I've got another message here where he's talking to a Mimban. Hmm. He's right behind you. Like, yeah. Uh, he's talking uh, to yeah. Gene guy." But then, you know, this definitely brings a light bulb, though, in the man who's yeah. dead, thinking like, oh, my God, if, you know, if he knows that we're here, then he's probably going to be mm-hmm. going after the child. So you almost get that feeling of, uh, you know, would he fly back and the kid be, you know, captured, you know, or taken by the Empire. But luckily, that's not what happened. Um, but this was another part I thought was I, I know it was meant to be cool, but I thought it was funny. Uh, look, we talked about earlier. Amanda runs out to the lava flat, the lava tube. He flies out, you know, has a super hinder, superhero landing up on the deck, you know, <laughs> knee down. The one stormtrooper who actually learned how to shoot good, yeah, gets a hit. And then what do they do? They give him the worst death possible. <laughs> he falls into the lava pit. <laughs> like, uh, uh, that to me was funny because it's like, oh, they actually had one that could shoot. <laughs> uh, uh, and then this is where we get, you know, one of the, uh, another quote that said, you know, all right, man, load your weapons. Uh, there they are, blast them. And we have a uh, grief, uh, Karga and the, and the rest of the crew, you know, trapped until they find the Trexler uh, to escape. Now, this to me was another one of those, even though I enjoyed the sequence, it was mm-hmm. a little too on the nose uh, for the Death Star escape scene in A New Hope. And that that's exactly what it was. Like, as soon as they get into the vehicle, I expected someone to say, punch it, Chewie. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then them leave. You know, hope hope the old man got the tractor beam. Like, this is gonna be a real short trip. You know, hit it. You know, and that's exactly what they do. They usually they, they jump off of you know the deck, and then you immediately have a chase scene. You know, uh, with the speeder bikes. But it's the same same sequence almost. You know, you have the pilot. Yeah. You know, we're gonna make it forth. You have grief cargo getting with the turret, same way Luke did firing. It's a great sequence. It's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I liked it when she smashed the the speeder bike on the side of the walls. Like, that's oh, really- she got so much joy out of that. And yeah. so did my daughter. Yeah. Like- I- yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to see like this other dark side come out of like <laughs> stormtroopers are just the ultimate villain in the fact that like you can kill them and it just doesn't matter. You know, it's just like you put somebody underneath that mask and it matters. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, I'm with you. I mean, I do. I guess I don't mind that whole sequence. It it actually reminded me more of stuff I've seen. I felt like I'd seen from Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, just like oh, you know, I've got this, and it backs up, crashes into this. This, you know, goes forward, and let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and and just even kind of being in in a chase like that, I did like the fact that we we get more of what's called the Outlander tie. Um, and apparently, this thing was designed like back in 2013, I think, is if I read correctly. So the design had actually been um, was it Douglas Chang? Uh, design uh, it had been in, in Lucasfilm for a while but this idea that it, you don't need a hangar bay for them they right. could rise like that so oh. um, anyway uh, then you, you're like 
oh my gosh, like how are they going to take on these TIE fighters? I like this, you know, smart thinking action of Grief Carter where he's like actually shooting at the rocks and the camera. Right. So it's kind of, I like that, that. I did too. I thought that was smart thinking because, you know, the debris could easily hit one of those. It makes them having to move, you know, constantly instead of just flying a straight line, firing at them, they have to dodge these rocks that are falling. I was like, yeah, that's a smart way to do it. You know, I probably wouldn't have thought of that uh, in that situation. Luckily, before they're pinned down, the all that work is done. Like <laughs> everything that Mando has been through, that ship, the Razor Crest, underwater, held <laughs> together, patched together, the crash, which broke the back of its hull, essentially. Like the guns, all of it has been fixed. Yeah. Just I saying. mean <laughs> two guys. <laughs> I know yeah, I know. I mean, wouldn't it have made more sense in a way? I know they probably wouldn't have done it this way, but, you know, exactly what we're saying, like uh, the Mithril already. Did I said that right. <laughs> you know, he was, he, yeah, he was calling, he was calling, you know, them earlier in the episode. Wouldn't it have made more sense if all of a sudden the X-Wings had come in right. and killed them instead? It, of course, then you would have had this weird, awkward of like, oh, look, look who's here again. <laughs> you know, but. Well, I mean, I, I even like the idea of, I mean, like I said, I think the my my one criticism is that this this feels more like Star Wars TV, mm. whereas some of the other episodes that I've loved feel more like more like a movie. They feel more cinematic in some way, you know. And uh, so I don't mind if if we're gonna go more TV action hero kind of star. Like, go ahead, have yeah. I like your idea. The X wings fly in. They they shoot it up. Um, meanwhile. You know, yeah, like like they start talking to Grief Karga and they distract him while Mando heads out. Right. You know, like like the old like, yeah. you know, like you know, in the background kind of thing, and uh, and that would be, re- you know, a really great fun way to also kind of, you know, we don't have to have a, a long goodbye with Cara Dune and, and the baby or you know Yoda or you know anything. It's just more kind of like she's going to distract them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um. But I, I did like, you know, it was a neat action sequence, though, watching the Razor Crest, you know, dogfight these two TIE fighters. And I yeah. loved, yeah. And I loved everything that was happening inside the cockpit with Baby Yoda, you know, oh, just yes. raising his little hands like he's sitting on a roller coaster, just like, Wee! you know, and then the, they're doing the barrel rolls, you know, he's just over there like, this is the, you know, he's having such fun with his little, uh, still with his little sleeve of macaroons there in his hands. And then, of course, uh, after, they're all done. He spits up like any normal person would. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. tossed, he tossed his cookies. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> uh, just because, yeah, he's eating and that might probably G's in your stomach. Yeah. Would not. Uh, well, let's, let's face it. Those macaroons are not, not a healthy snack for a child. Whatever. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Well, no, I just um, was there. Yeah, I was just kind of wrapping up the the, the episode as far as like uh, we get um, blue, blue. Oh yes, blue. Whose whose uniform is very clean, very bright. Doesn't quite know, fit him right either. It doesn't know. seem as dirty or lived in. You right. know, like I am. I'm expecting this guy to be like sitting in that cockpit for a really long time. She says like sweat, sweat and stains, stains you know. Yeah. <laughs> stains where you know he spilled coffee or some, you know, monster drinks, you know, stamp late at night. 
Yeah. He's a shiny. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's you know, but they're almost like cops, which I don't think mm-hmm. that's that's one of the weird things. Just I guess just me being you know an American, it's like you know you should always have the military separate from your police force, and so to me it's strange to see these military pilots also kind of being the law, you know, which I guess Jedi would have done that, you know, before, but you see them kind of doing like the, the follow-up investigation of like everything that happened. Well, I mean, he, the Mithril did call him. He did call so, him. You know, I mean, he, and he's been curious about that razor crest ever since. So I think, you know, it does kind of set up a nice like thread where clearly the X-Wings are going to come in at some point. In this whole, you know, I mean, we have all of these different factions going on. You know, we've got we've got the X Wings, we've got Mando and his agenda, we have Bo Katan, you know, um, and we have the Empire, you know, all kind of swirling around. So, you know, I just feel like there's a convergence that will happen eventually. What was interesting to me with with Kara calling him blue is that the only way you know he's in blue squadron is from his helmet, mm-hmm. which you do not see in this episode. He's just wearing his regular uniform. Uh, the only way you know he's from blue squadron is from the uh, chapter 10 when they're still in the cockpits, mm-hmm. they have the helmets on and you have the blue on the helmet to show he's not part of, you know, red squadron or yellow or gold. I, or- just, I just assumed that she, she had seen him around or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. I mean, but- you know, he's old enough to be like, you know, this isn't his first time around. And if she was, if she was in the rebellion five years ago, that guy looks like he was probably in the rebellion five years ago too. That's true. Like yeah. he didn't just like jump yeah. in an X wing. Yeah. Don't you think he's a little old to be a pilot? You know, like that's, that's well, he, probably, he's, well, but he's captain. So, you know, I mean, it also might be showing a little bit of like the fact that the resistance or not the resistance, but the new Republic, you know, they're having to rely on, you know, an, an, an aging demographic of like how many, how many vets you have, how many people survived the war, who's training who, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, just some theories there. Um, let's get to the good part. <laughs> okay. Good part. Uh, okay, yeah, so we see, uh, you know, the original opening for uh, New Hope. You see the uh, the Death Star yeah. scene, uh, not Death Star, uh, Star Destroyer scene coming in. It's a new Star Destroyer that I've never seen before. Oh, you see the rear. You so. have seen it. Have I been in Rebels? Um, I'll I'll pull up the 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 classification that it that it okay. is. Yes. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, we see uh, an Imperial officer talking to uh, the spy that put the tracker. Well, you don't learn, you, he put a tracker on the Razor Crest, and he's informing the Empire uh, that he did this. And I kind of felt sorry for him in this scene because she basically just says, "You'll be rewarded in the new era." No kidding. No and I'm kidding. Like, like, what? Yeah, like this guy did you a solid. Yeah, and you're not even you're just giving you're not even giving, like who knows he could be dead tomorrow. You know, you're not I, even giving. Yeah, him if him. I was that guy, like the Minden, like I you got, know, I got kids to feed. Basically, been like, I send you the code to track yeah. this guy once I get my credits. Yeah, for real. That's okay. that's how it works. Like you know, same time, man. I don't know you. See if I do you any favors anytime soon. Like uh, Star Destroyer is an Ar Ar Arquitans class command cruiser. Um, light cruiser class ship was used by the empire mostly as a patrol ship in the outer rim and for support in space combat. It was, it first appeared on screen in rebel resolve. Okay. 
So 2015. So, and from the underside, it did look like a, a star destroyer. That, uh, but I, yeah. So rebels would be where where we've seen this this kind before. But um, yeah, and, uh, and then we also see Moff Gideon with his new toys, all of his wonderful toys. Yeah. This this was probably the most exciting scene for me because as soon as I saw it, I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are those are those what I think they are? Are, yeah. th- are those are those dark troopers? And because like this is something for everyone out there, if you didn't grow up in the nineties, uh, it's only been like two video games ever, which was uh, the original nineteen ninety five Dark Trooper video game, which is still probably one of the best games Lucas uh, Arts ever made. Uh, it's first person shooter, and uh, basically it was a secret project that the Emperor commissioned. Uh, to kind of blend the two of a clone trooper and a battle droid. Uh, so you don't have any of the human era, but you have a much more beefier uh, droid to fight. Uh, in the video game, you, you had three types of dark trooper. You had the uh, the first phase, which is basically kind of like, think of it like the Terminator, just the ectoskeleton-like thing. And they had just had a, a vibro blade. And to me, those were the scariest ones because they could just cut you up. The second one was the, the one you fought the most, which was like a light armored phase two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the very last mission of um, when you're actually on the arc hammer, which is the ship that they built these things on, uh, you had like three phase threes, which in that room, those are all phase threes. So yeah. it's like, oh, and that, that's what, and, you know, and when, when you see Moff Gideon, it almost has a Darth Vader type vibes. These guys cape yeah. there with his hands on his hips like that. And he turns around and he's wearing almost the dark, uh, at least a, a variant of the dark trooper armor there so, on his chest. Yeah. So I, th- I felt like this was a, a an awesome way to play their cards too. Mm-hmm. And the fact that up to this point, like we've seen him wearing that outfit and we're like, who's this Darth Vader want to be like, right. Yeah. But now it makes more sense. You're like, Oh, he's, he's actually in charge of this legion of, of truth. Like this is his project. This is his baby. This right. is what he's a, you know, a moth that's in charge of just as, you know, the other yeah. uh, moths would be in charge of other projects. Well, it's made me, I mean, this one of the things that's made me excited about the Mandalorian is that they've incorporated a lot of stuff from the past Star Wars that's no longer canon, and they're kind mm-hmm. of retro-making it canon again, or at least keeping it in this Legends-type thing of like, oh, remember that video game from 25 years ago? Yeah. Like, it's now longer, longer canon, but we're going to show you a little bit of that to like to make it kind of canon again, and that, that's what makes me excited about it. And the, the Dark Troopers are really cool thing and hopefully we'll see him. I mean my my guess is because of the tracker mm. everything that's happening is that that's why this next episode is gonna be so long is that I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is how Ahsoka gets introduced. You know, is that you know he lands on the planet, Moff Gideon deploys the the dark troopers to like, you know, try to kill Mando, kidnap the child, and then Ahsoka ends up like saving the day, like just appearing out of nowhere. Because basically the dark troopers, when they're invented uh were indestructible the the phase threes were the armor was built to be indestructible and so i would think a lightsaber though could probably make short work of that um um what we make short work of is this episode and (laughs) so much so that i'm just gonna like throw in a whole other commercial because we're we're gonna talk more dark dark troopers after this commercial 
Um, I hated to do that, but uh, we were running a little bit longer today, and and that's okay because we're we're getting to to some of the fun theoretical kind of ideas though about the dark troopers and, um, you know, I remember playing the game. It's so weird, like some of the games and books that I that I consumed back so long ago. It's like in one, like out the other. Like I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I remember playing that game, and I don't, but I don't remember like every little beat about it for some reason. And uh, I played dark trooper and X-Wing so much growing up. Like I, uh, dark, I mean, I don't think I could probably play it today. Like it's like going back to, you know, cause everything now is so much easier with the dual analog sticks and all yeah. things like that. Whereas in like dark trooper, you played on your keyboard and you just had that typical left, right, up, down motion, you know? And then like you jumped, you didn't, you jumped kind of like, just like really goofy, like just up and down. And, yeah. and, uh, but you know, there was things that were really cool about it. <clears throat> um, but I remember being scared to death whenever I would come in contact with a, a phase one uh, dark trooper <laughs> because that vibro blade would just, I mean, if you didn't have like double armor on it, it would just cut right through you. You know, and you're just like, ah. So, um, you know, I like it, like what you're, you're saying about, um, you know, the possibilities of, of the next chapter, chapter 13. And so, so the only, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to like, there's no spoilers here, but I'll just spoil the title. I'll spoil the the time, um, the time which you you're saying is forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at one point I had seen like that it was even longer than that. So I don't know if that was just like, um, uh, man, I think this is officially the longest episode they've made. It could be forty six minutes, but it's like yeah. I know it's somewhere in that range. And then the title, which we already knew, we already know this is not a big surprise. So, but you know, skip five seconds. Um, it's called the Jedi. Um, so, you know, it's, that's pretty like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what we kind of figured was coming, you know? So, but, uh, still can't help but be super excited, you know? Um, what if it's Ezra? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm fine with seeing Ezra. I'm fine with seeing anybody in that, that ballpark, but you know, and I think you you know this about me. Like I I still want another animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, following Sabine and and uh, Ahsoka and Ezra, I would love to see that story. I would love to see them set up Thrawn. I would, you know, it. You know, I want I want them to to do it right and um, to be able to maybe have it connect or be in tandem with with the Mandalorian. So I'm not sure like what time frame where all of these things are going to happen, but. Um, but that would be really awesome though, if they, they had something that they could even bring in. Cause if you go animated, like let's, let's have Luke Skywalker. Come on. That's all I'm asking for. You got Mark Hamill as a voice actor. Mm-hmm. You throw Mark Hamill in a guest spot on like, you know, he doesn't have to be, you know, or I don't know, forget it. Hire him for the whole thing. But you you have somebody like of that magnitude come on for for a character, and it's like, oh, this is the Luke Skywalker episode. I mean, that's how we've been about Ahsoka episodes. Mm. Can you imagine an Ahsoka Sabine themed cartoon with Ezra, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, this is the this is the Luke Skywalker episode. Like, we're gonna get some some more of what's happening there. I think it's what a lot of fans of the original trilogy like. We've just wanted more of of the original, you know. And we're right. never going to get Carrie Fisher again. So. Yep. Or, more, or probably Harrison Ford. 
or probably Harrison Ford. But you, you got Mark Hamill that I think would be willing, I would hope, to step into it. Like, I mean, he's a voice actor. That's how he basically made his living post Luke Skywalker. So I feel like it just seems like a natural fit. Like, can, can we just make this happen? I don't care if you get other people to voice Han Solo and Leia. Like, that that's a no-brainer. But um, it would be really cool to see a little bit of that, you know, especially because we, we're not going to get it with the sequel trilogy. So. I'm curious, though, like, because, you know, with the rumors of George Lucas flirting with the idea of, you know, it's never, you don't know if it's true, if it's just rumors right. of him making another sequel trilogy closer to what he originally wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you did go that route with another cartoon series with Luke, it's like, well, would right. it would it be complementing Lucas's vision or Disney's vision? You know? See, I'm I'm with complimenting Lucas's vision and there's still a way that you could have this with the original trilogy. You, mm-hmm. know, you can still have uh, a Luke. I mean, there's enough time in this. Um, and I don't, I don't know how you, you deal with Maul or bring him back, but screw it. They've brought him back before, mm-hmm. you know, um, it would be interesting to see Lucas's vision. I don't know how to a T they could make it, but it would be, it would be an interesting way of kind of even setting up why Luke goes off, you know, like, I feel like, yes, we've been given like the whole thing with Ben and, and that whole business, but I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's the full, it's the full deck. We're not seeing everything. Everything's not on the table, you know, and they've kept it. They've been so protective of that timeline. And I'm just like, you know, time's going to escape these, these people and we're not going to have Mark Hamill for some reason. So let's just, you know, do it while the iron's cooking. I don't know. I just, that's, that's me and, and wanting something of that time period. But, um, could they go way far in the future with Lucas's vision and say, all right, episode 10 is like, you know, a hundred years from episode nine Mm. or, I mean, that was something as crazy as it sounds that he, he did with the Ewok movies. You know, he was saying like, Oh, these are going to be a hundred years after return of the Jedi. How wicked is still that young? Who knows? But cause you know, clearly those are not, if you watch the Ewok movies, like how is that a hundred years after? <laughs> but, um, you know, the thing with, with Yoda and, and I don't know what the end goal is with the child, but essentially, you know, yeah. Like if you go far enough in the future, the child would be a, an incredible Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah. You know, there was that, you know, that cartoon that someone drew of, you know, baby Yoda in the Mandalorian armor. I was like, I kind of want to see that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, you know, it just looks, it only looks adorable, but too, it's just like, that's like the perfect combination of just badass. It's just, you know, and, and get, for God's sakes, give Gilbert Gottfried the job, like his voice <laughs> of baby Yoda. <laughs> God, talk about, talk about taking like a beloved character and just <laughs> making at least half the audience just hate him. Like, oh my God! Look at this! Yeah, like, ah. I just think it would be hilarious. Like it's like the <laughs> ultimate Jar Jar Binks joke, you know? You take take this character, twist it, like. <laughs> oh man! It's like um, I said, like you know, like I said, I would pay un unheard of amount of money if uh, Samuel Jackson would dub over the original trilogy as R two, you know, and just make up any lines he wants as R two with all the beeps. Oh. 
That was uh so that was another thing that I'd seen, you know, like could could we see Mace Windu in the Mandalorian? You know, uh, I kind of like just leaving it where it is. But. I'm fine too because there's Mace Windu has got a lot of work to do in order to redeem himself at all. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd, read, I'd rather see Kit Fisto. <laughs> you know. Yeah, nobody seems to be like hot on the tails to bring that CGI character to life. Yeah. So you get a raw deal, man. It's like, what the heck? You know? We we could probably talk um Mandalorian and and speculate even even further. Um I uh, any any last thoughts though of what we think we might see Ahsoka doing? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think, like I said, I, I, that's my prediction is that, you know, he's going to get to the planet uh, and they'll drop the dark troopers right on him, on mm-hmm. top of him, like a bunch of them. And he it, basically, it'll be like a Butch Cassidy Sundance kid type situation where he's doomed because he yeah. can't, he cannot penetrate their armor. He's, his blaster's worthless. You know, maybe Yoda might use the force a little bit to push them away or something like that. But I think it's going to be one of those scenes where, you really think this is the end. And then at that precise moment, Ahsoka will drop in and, you know, and take care of it. And then kind of like, almost like a come with me if you want to live type moment. <laughs> you know, like in, yeah. Uh, I, I get this sense though, that, you know, maybe we won't have Ahsoka. Like this isn't going to become the, the Ahsoka show. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always kind of thought it might be something where we get them, we get a little bit of time of them. So we get at least an information download dump as to what she's been doing, mm-hmm. why she's there, where she's going, you know, so we, we at least can check in on, on like, how's Ezra. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I anticipate some element of that, even if it's between passing and a battle, but um, I would, I would think that things would lead to a point where almost they have to split and go their ways or oh, absolutely yeah. you know um i think it's a one and done like i mean we'll probably see her later on right. and i don't think i don't think she'll take the child either i don't i right. think i don't think they have any intentions of splitting this duo up you know no i think, I think she'll look at him she'll explain exactly what he is and what he can do uh right. and then send him on another route like oh you need to go here you know yeah or hey like you need to find his actual people right these you people, know. or like right. she could, she could even she, drop. She could drop Luke if she even knows who Luke is. She could talk about Ezra. She could talk about a number of people that could help. You know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see us seeing Luke. So, no, I don't either. But so then, it, then it becomes like, yeah, I mean, like, what is the quest that she's going to send him on? What is the guffin that that he's got to go down to? You know, to like follow this next path with the child. Um, and you know, frankly, like. I don't see the show without the child. Like, I mean, it's a Batman and Robin kind of thing. Like they were kind of born together. I imagine that the Mandalorian would, would fight till his dying breath to save the child, Mm -hmm. you know, but then what, what is that? Like, I mean, the child's going to outlive him, you know, by a little bit. so, So, well, I mean, like what is, how do you, how do you set up a system so that, somebody else can take care of this child. Like once you're gone, you know, like it's like, it's like owning a parrot, you know, like they live for a long time over tortoise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, when I'm gone, like you're going to have to take care of this like child. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, it's, it's got magic baby hands too. <laughs> um, but don't worry, I didn't teach it how to cuss. Um, anyway, um, I, I meant to send this to you, but uh, there's a really cool ILM video about the design of the Razor Crest um, and some of like the early modeling. Like it spends probably like a good 10 minutes on the modeling. I thought I would get a little bit more into the design, the backstory mm. of the design. Um, and um, so I was surprised it was it was based on an A10 Warthog. I can see that. Um, yeah. And they were going with that design of the of the big kind of engines being mm -hmm. the you know um, well, i just i remember being at comic-con yeah before they released the lost missions that's what it was uh, so season six um because yeah they did for everyone out there they, they did season one through five you know basically back to back to back uh and then it got canceled when they sold it to to disney but they'd already had, I think, seven or eight episodes of season six in the can. So Disney did allow them a year or so later to release those episodes. But at Comic-Con, uh, Dave Filoni was there showing a lot of the concept art of other episodes. That's also where we got introduced to the Bad Batch, you know, uh, drawings and things like that. But he also showed, because uh, I am such a Asajj Ventures fan, he showed the concept art that he had drawn for what was going to be Asajj's ship in season six, six, which is the razor crest. It's slightly different than what it is in the Mandalorian. Um, but it's, it's, it's really close. Cause like uh, the landing gear in the front are these tool doors for Asajj's and those would come down and that would be the front landing gear for some steps that would go into the front of the ship. It's funny. They really talk about the landing gear for whatever reason on that. Um, on that little doc it's a it's like a good little 15 minute uh you know discussion about about the the you know the uh, razor crest um mm -hmm. it also looks like um and uh my my brother and i who who play you know we played star wars x-wing you know mm -hmm. game um there's a there's a wookie ship called lorik and if you look up the wookie ships it looks very similar to that where it has the the two turbines very up top and meant to kind of look like a drop ship, you know? Okay. Um, so uh, it's definitely something in the Lucasfilm kind of zeitgeist there where, you know, I think this, the style, you know, and, and it'll probably be forever, you know, identified as a razor crest now, you know, but um, it's kind of interesting though, that, that uh, it also had this world war two aspect. Um um, all right. Uh, just to kind of finish up this show, show here, because we'll we'll be back, uh, and I'm I can't wait. This this episode's coming out uh, the day after Thanksgiving, right? It's not like we're missing a week. I don't think so. I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it comes out on Friday. It'd be awful if they did that to people. Like there were people that are probably like going to their families like for Thanksgiving, and they're just like, dear God, the only thing I have to look forward to is Friday. <laughs> You imagine if they, yeah, they didn't announce it. They, they, they just last minute said not to air it. They're like, the only thing that's going to get me through this weekend is the Mandalorian on Friday. And then they get <laughs> there, like, no! God, no. <laughs> um, all right. Well, if you did enjoy this this episode and, and any of the, the shows or podcasts that we've done, please send us some feedback at theforceiswelldone.com. It's just all spelled out. Theforceiswelldone at gmail.com. Did you lose me?
no, your audio like went like, like oh, 10 times sorry. higher. I, I didn't mean to, to bump this. Um, you can also just rate and review us over at iTunes. We would appreciate that. I promise I won't bump the mic again. <laughs> uh, you can become a patron and help out the show. Go over to jandjack.com slash uh, just that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going with something else. But go over to jandjack.com. Uh, click on the patron link there um, and help donate to the show. We would appreciate it. There are people that actually love this show and, and this podcast network so much that they, they actually uh, pay us to say their name on the show. And this is the part where I make them Star Wars themed. That is just my own personal bent. Um, so not to be outdone from last week's show, we have Dark Trooper Tack. Yeah, that was that was probably like I should have saved that. Eckhart Richter's reactor control guardrails. <laughs> yes, you can buy those at your local hardware store. And um this doesn't make sense, but I wrote down Ed with the mint trell trek. Oh, I'm totally messed up. <laughs> uh, Ed with the Marauder. Ed Ed with the Mint Marauder. But uh, yeah, Lava derailed. Mir- yeah, I derailed that whole thing. <laughs> Lava Meerkat Maggie. That was my my favorite, actually. Oh, okay. Personally, uh, just in for the Joanne. Just in for the action, Joanne. Or Joel or Joel Duran, if you prefer. Oh. Yeah. So we had a little bit of Joel Duran this episode. Um, and who could not forget the most important person in the entire episode? Gene Guy Greg. Thank you for doing what you do. Thanks for making this show possible. Um, don't stay hidden. Go up, go ahead. Go find Gene Guy. Green shirt, Gene Guy. You know. No, green shirt. Okay, gotcha. Okay. You were still like, who's the Gene Guy? Yeah, well, I, the way I heard it was the name Gene. Like so, I'm thinking like like Jean yeah. Grey, you know, like not Jean as in Blue Jean. I'm thinking Jean mm-hmm. is like who? Who is Jean? <laughs> like, I just ah. met a guy named Blue Jean. Exactly, exactly. Uh, keep on doing what you do, Greg. Thanks, thanks for uh, listening and uh, send us some feedback. Uh, this was a great show. Maybe not one in a million is I like my favorite. I'm still kicking the still kicking the tires of this episode just a bit. Okay.